0: Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie.
1: Thank you for listening. Hello all. Um, The reading today is from Colossians 1, verses 15 to 23. The supremacy of the Son of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God. without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Lord, I thank you for bringing us together here today. Thank you that despite these strange And difficult times that we are still still able to meet online as a community. Lord I thank you for your gospel that you are above all things and that reminder that that all things were created in you visible and invisible and that we are reconciled by the cross. Lord I pray that we come with open hearts and open ears this afternoon as we listen to your word. I pray for Katie as she shares your word that you'll be with her giving her peace and comfort as she shares. I thank you and in Jesus name, amen.
0: Amen, thanks so much Andrew. Uh, hi Christ City Church, great to be with you and yeah if you're new here you're so welcome, it's great to have you along. Um, today I'm going to be speaking on this passage uh, from Colossians on the supremacy of Christ uh, which is great um, I'm excited for it. Um, So today, at the start of January 2021, we find ourselves, yet again, in the middle of another lockdown. So I wonder, how do you respond when the privilege of seeing friends, family, of travel, of sport, of all those good things that we said we were looking forward to this year, how do you respond when those things are taken from you? What good things are left and are they enough to keep you going, to get you up out of bed in the morning and motivated each day? Well, as you think about that, um, as a church, we are starting this new year looking at the book of Colossians, thinking about what it means to be rooted in Christ in this year, 2021. So the letter to the Colossians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the young church in Colossae from a prison cell. So Paul is facing even tighter restrictions than us. He faces imprisonment himself, so he was certainly no stranger to suffering and disappointment. And so I wonder what Paul's response would be if I were to ask him the same question. Paul, tell us in prison what good things remain and are they enough to keep you going? Well, from what we've read in this chapter, I think Paul's answer would be something like, Christ is the very best and Christ is more than enough. In another letter to the church in Philippi, Paul writes, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. For Paul, the thing in which he is rooted, the thing which keeps him going, no matter the circumstances he faces, Is Christ and Christ's strength. So it's no wonder in Colossians that Paul is trying to assure the church that Christ is the very best and that he alone is enough. For the church in Colossae, it seems that instead of keeping Christ as number one in their lives, the Christians there had started to place him on a pedestal alongside other pagan gods and other good things. They were also reported to have been following certain rules which they thought would help them to top up their salvation. Where over the past year have you not believed that Christ is best and turned to other worldly things, maybe coping strategies and other sources of hopes, hope? Where have you also believed, like the Colossians, that Christ is not enough, either just to help you through the day or for eternity for peace, life and joy? The devil will always try and hound us with the lie that Christ is not enough. And he will always try and make us become dissatisfied with him. And so often we can believe it. So let's take a look at why Paul is so sure from his lived experience that the truth is that Christ really is best and that he really is enough. So from this passage, Paul seems to want us to understand that Christ is the Lord of life. So this passage in Colossians is actually written in a poem, Um, and we're going to split the poem into two parts. Uh, The first part, Christ, who is the Lord of creation, and the second part, Christ, the Lord of the recreation. So let's see how Paul shows us from this, that Christ, the Lord of the creation and the Lord of the recreation, is both both Beth and enough. Firstly, Paul teaches us that Christ is God himself. How is this for an opening line? The son, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. If you're here today and that surprises you or you don't believe it is true, can I encourage you to go and look at one of the Gospels and read what Jesus claims about being God and ask yourself, is it really true? Can I trust him? Because if he really is God, it changes everything. Let's take a closer look at why. So firstly, Paul tells us that Jesus is God. Secondly, he says that Christ is the creator, that Jesus is the very source of life itself. Look with me at verse 16. It says, for in him, all things were created. All things have been created through him. So there is nothing in this world of which Christ is not the creator, no person, no country, no culture. And remember, When God created the world originally, which we can read about in Genesis, he declared it good. Now, whilst humanity's disobedience and the subsequent curse has shattered the perfection of this good world, by God's grace, we can still recognise and admire the goodness lying beneath the shadows. Now, I haven't been on an aeroplane in quite a while now, but one of the things I do love about being on a plane is the bird's eye view you get from up in the air. For a moment, it seems I can peer out of the window and look down on the world below and see life a little bit more like how God must see it. I'm able to forget myself and see something more of the thousands of other moving parts in this world. People, the cars, the schools, the oceans, and the clouds outside and below. And Christ is the creator of all of these things. And not only of those visible things I can see, but also the invisible force of gravity holding the plane up. The electrons and the particles that make up the chair I'm sitting on, let alone the Wi-Fi in the houses and schools below. I don't know. I just think Wi-Fi is like crazy. I don't get how information flies through the air invisibly from one part of the world to the other. (laughs) Anyway, it's pretty cool when it works. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Lord Jesus is the creator of all things. So I want to ask what things in creation help you to remember the hugeness of God? Is it the ocean? Is it the human body? What fascinates you about the world around you? And why don't you ponder it and let it lead you in praise to the one whose idea it was to create it in the first place. So if God feels a bit small, if you've lost your amazement and awe of him, go and look closely at something in this world and let your soul grow in awe of the God who made it. So the third thing that Paul then reminds us here is that Christ is also the creator of all power and all authority, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, Christ is Lord. No matter what your thoughts on the response of world leaders and government authorities to the current pandemic, we do not live in some universe that has spiralled out of the control of its creator into the control of mere mortals. No power or authority created themselves without him, And that includes powers in the spiritual realm. We have only to open the Bible to see mentions of angels visiting humans or Jesus casting out demons. And whilst it can be unhelpful to speculate on the things of this unseen realm, we need not fear anything from it. For not only were none of them created without Christ, but Paul reveals that Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Do you believe, with spiralling numbers of Covid and new restrictions being imposed on us, that Christ holds all power and authority? When restrictions come in, do you go to God asking him to help you trust what he is doing through this all? Or do you seek to grasp power yourself by doing your own thing? The cross wasn't easy, but through it God won an eternal victory. Lockdown isn't easy. But do not underestimate what God is doing in and through it eternally, both in others and in us. Remember who is really in control and take heart. He is at work and he is superior, for he is before all things. So Christ is not just the creator, but look at Paul's next phrase in verse 17. In him, all things hold together. So Christ is not only the cosmic creator, but he also sustains it, even in its current mess. He sustains you. He sustained you through to this day by his son, Jesus Christ. The gift of life and the air you breathe every morning that you wake up is given to you from him. Yeah, I know that so often instead of giving thanks for everything I've been given or um, even just the day ahead of me, I, and I guess all of us, can lead lives of entitlement based on what we perceive to be our rights. But as we remember that every day of our lives is a gift, might we be quicker to surrender our days to him, recognising that our lives were never truly ours in the first place. And whatever mountain or burden we face each new day, might we remember that Christ is over all and that he is sustaining us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, of Christ, his grace is enough, for his power is made perfect in our weakness. How amazing is that? Christ's power is made perfect in our weakness. So weakness is not simply second best, but it is actually Christ's chosen means of working in this world. In your weakness, do not turn anywhere else, But go down deeper into Christ. Put your roots down deeper into him. Allow his power to come and work in and through you. Look for his grace poured out on the cross. Look at the grace given us in this world. And if you can't see it, ask him to help you see. For Jesus longs to give sight to us when we can't. Ask for his help to receive it. So that's the first part of this poem Paul gives us. And we then have kind of a pivot in verse 18, uh, where Paul goes from looking at the original created order to the new creation. So he starts to look from the present through to the future. And Paul wants to teach us that Christ is Lord of that too. He is Lord of the recreation. So he starts verse 18. Christ is the head of the body, the church. We are told in the scriptures that the church is not a building. But a body of people in whom the Holy Spirit is at work, making us more like Jesus. In describing Christ as the head and the church as the body, we again recognize our total dependence on him, for without its head the life in the body would shrivel and die, and where the head goes the body follows. So it is with confidence that Paul states that since Christ is the firstborn, talking about his resurrection from the dead, that one day each of us who have placed our trust in Christ will also be resurrected in fully perfected Christ-like bodies. And on that day, we will be finally united, the church, as the bride, to our bridegroom Christ. Since Christ is the firstborn, he will also inherit. The whole cosmos he created will be his. Paul writes that it has been created through him, but also for him. So Christ is Lord of the creation and Christ is Lord of the recreation. He created it, he sustains it, and one day he will entirely inherit it. So why does Christ bother with any of this work of creating, of ruling, of sustaining and redeeming? Well, Paul gives us that answer too in verse 18. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. Or in other words, so that Christ might be seen and known as the very best, the very greatest, and the very highest of all things. So what was Paul reminding the Colossians and us? Firstly, that Christ is best. And we've seen that because he is Lord of all life, Lord of the creation and Lord of the recreation. And secondly, that Christ is more than enough. I've got another question for you what do you think the world's greatest problem is? Is it the virus, the environment, poverty, selfishness and yet yeah, how often do we feel helpless to do anything about it? We try to help the spread of the virus by staying at home but sometimes we wonder if, if it's really making a difference. Uh, maybe you even try to help the environment by um, becoming vegetarian but then think about all the meat that's still sold in the supermarkets Maybe your New Year's resolution is to to try to stop being selfish and you start really well and then actually you catch yourself falling into selfishness again the next day. And the magnitude of the problems we see feel overwhelming at times. And this year has certainly felt a little darker than most, with many people facing much loss and much disappointment. And the pain that we feel, the problems that we see in this world, they also cause God real sadness too. Perhaps you have faced death or grief over this past year, and you know the deep pain of separation from a loved one. But Jesus weeps with you in your pain, just like he wept when his friend Lazarus died, because death is so cruel. And ultimately we know that death is humanity's greatest problem. That is why the pain of this virus cuts so deep, because it rushes people towards that inevitable end reminding us that in the face of death itself, we are helpless. Yet, it is not so with Christ. Paul says that on the cross, Christ did something about this problem. Look at verse 20. We are told that Christ reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Christ has made peace in the war we as humans decided to wage on him and his world when we decided way back with Adam and Eve in the garden to turn from him our very source of life and to go our own way a way that led to death and ultimately destruction however through the cross we can have forgiveness because Christ paid the price that should have been ours to pay for our rebellion We're told in Romans chapter 8 verse 19 that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. So not only do those who accept Christ receive peace with God leading to eternal life, but the promise is that the whole of the creation will be renewed. This world does have a death and decay problem, but ultimately Christ is the only lasting solution. So next time we are tempted to despair the state of the world, or even our own hearts, we need to remember the cross. Yes, you may face loneliness in this new wave of restrictions, but the eternal loneliness that you were once set to face through Christ is gone. You may feel anxious about the uncertainty of the future, but now, through Christ, your eternal future is certain and is secure. We worship a God who has beaten death itself, and promises to do the same for us in our world if we place our trust in him. And like Paul said, he will grant us the strength to do all things as we wait for him to work in us and through us and in this world. We need him more than anything else on this earth. And if you will have him, he is yours and you will be his. Now, the thing with the church in Colossae is that even though they had heard this good news and this gospel message, they were starting to doubt that Christ's sacrifice alone was enough to bring them this eternal salvation and peace with God. Therefore, they had been adding rules to follow in order to top up their salvation. So what is Paul's antidote to this? Well, it's simply repetition. He simply repeats the gospel message by reminding the Colossians how totally lost they weren't once were, they were enemies of God, just like we were. But then look in verse 22, Through Christ's physical body in his death and resurrection, Christ not only made a peace treaty, but granted us adoption rights, welcoming us back as children rather than traitors, granting us new identity cards that said we were holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So the question for us is, where have we also doubted that Christ alone is enough? Has the trauma of 2020 made you doubt that? Has it made you doubt that what he did on the cross is what alone has earned you peace with God and that nothing you've done since can make you more lovely or more acceptable in his sight? I know I caught myself not believing this during the last lockdown. Um, During a week in which I had not loved people around me very well, instead of uh, confessing to God, remembering what Jesus had done, and receiving his forgiveness and grace I spent an awful lot of time confessing my sin and reconfessing and then beating myself up for it and beating myself up more (laughs) and and why was this it was because ultimately I did not believe that what Christ had done on the cross was enough I believed that my sin was too big for what he had done I did not believe that I now stood free from accusation through Jesus Christ And instead, I continued to listen to the ongoing accusations in my mind. Oh, you're terrible. You're not good enough. You're such a hypocrite. And I felt that the only way I could make it up to God was by feeling terrible enough about what I'd done. Maybe you also have made mistakes in how you've responded to the various lockdowns and guidelines. Maybe you also haven't done too well with being cooked up all the time. And maybe you've acted unkindly or unlovingly to those around you or those you live with. But do not despair or live in guilt. We can bring our mistakes to God and then leave it on the cross where Christ has dealt with it. There is nothing left to top up. We can enjoy his great salvation and live in the grace of his forgiveness and his freedom now. So don't be like me. Uh, By continuing to feel bad about my sin, I was trying to rub myself clean, trying to earn his acceptance. But it was like trying to scrub Clean a face which has already had the dirt washed off. The effort was futile. It tired me out and ultimately created another raw wound which Christ had already died to save me from in the first place. So let any guilt be assuaged by the balm of Christ, not any good deeds that we can muster up. I don't know about you, but it just sounds too easy sometimes, preposterous even. But that is the scandal of God's grace, that he gives lavishly and freely to us that which we do not deserve because he is such a good God. So let's pray for a deeper revelation of his grace. Let's pray for help to accept it um, because, yeah, we certainly need it. And he is more than willing to give when we ask. So what do we do with all this? Well, what does Paul tell the Colossians? He says, all these glorious truths will be so if, in verse 23, you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. So how do we do this? Well earlier in the chapter, in verse 4, Paul mentions his joy at hearing of the Colossians' faith in Christ and the love they have for all of God's people. So when he says to continue in the faith established and firm he simply means keep looking to Christ, keep trusting Christ's reconciling work on the cross, and keep loving the people he died for and do so daily. It's not a one-off choice we make. Each day we must choose to accept that Christ is best and that Christ is enough. Daily, so often we are tempted to stray from the truth and to run to other things as coping mechanisms. We run for to other people for comfort. Maybe Netflix becomes our prime source of rest maybe online shopping or other unhelpful images and websites provide destruction, or movies become our escape. But Christ City Church, let us look first to Christ. Paul tells us, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Where are you tempted to place your hope in these days? Is it the next lifting of restrictions is it in the rollout of the vaccine? Or is it in knowing that the Lord of all life is at work now through the current circumstances to make you more like him and to bring about his purposes. Is your hope in knowing that one day the Lord of the recreation will usher in the fully perfected and fully renewed heavens and earth, a place where there will be no more crying, suffering or pain, where we will see him as he truly is and enjoy him forever. So Christ City Church, at the start of this new year, Let us daily ask for the Spirit's help to look to Christ and his glorious gospel. And not just to snatch a quick glance at him, but to look upon him with a steady gaze so that we might know and believe in our hearts that he truly is the best of 2021 and he truly is more than enough, both for this year and forevermore. Let us pray together now. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you truly are best and that you truly are enough for everything that we face in this uh, life and this earth. And Father, would you please help us to see you as you truly are? Would you help us to look to you each day? Help us Holy Spirit to know what that looks like. And please open our eyes. Please help us to truly see you as you are. Um, help us to believe in our hearts that you really are best and that you really are enough Lord I know I need help to believe this Uh, I know we need help to believe this so would you come and fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh so that every single day we seek to find you in the day we seek to look to you and in doing so would you reveal your glory and your greatness um, and sustain us for the day and the years ahead